1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and joining me as ever is Mr. Marek Larwood. Hello,
1: Marek. Oh, that was a very intense introduction.
0: Was it intense? Well, it's probably the heat. It
1: felt a bit like we were, we were spies, or you were or something like that. I can imagine it. Spies
0: uh, broadcasting our podcast from uh, behind the lines. Bad spies.
1: Bad spies. In code. It's all in code. It may sound like we're talking about. Um, Films in an incoherent manner, but what we are doing
0: is, t- is giving t- away uh, secrets of the enemies in a coherent manner.
1: Yeah, but we're based in Britain, so we will be Russian spies. Russian. Oh, we're we Russian, so we're, oh, we traitors. I don't want to be Russian. we don't want to be Russian.
0: Well, you don't have to be Russian if you don't want to be. What can I be? Uh, you can be an Israeli spy if you like.
1: Oh, uh, I don't want to be Israeli. Okay, German. American. I uh, can I just be in one of the neutral countries? A Swiss spy. Swiss Swiss are too boring (laughs) Uh, Danish Danish spy Yeah Sounds like a good show actually The Danish spy Yeah Talking about Bacon techniques And stuff like that
0: (laughs) No they're trying to uh, Withhold their Bacon technique Information from Other countries They're trying
1: to steal The British bacon Techniques Don't think they need Them today Is our bacon any good Not as good as the Danish uh, Do we still import Danish bacon
0: Yes I've seen it In supermarkets
1: I've never done a taste test between British and Danish.
0: Well, that's something for this afternoon, maybe.
1: Well, a lot of ham contains is watered down as it? it's water.
0: Yeah, they water inject meat generally to make it look plumper. They do it to a lot of chicken. I'm
1: gonna start doing that to myself.
0: Yeah, water inject yourself. <laughs> I don't know. How, that's probably really dangerous.
1: <laughs> Injecting water
0: into your bloodstream.
1: I want to see the pre pre water injected meat to see how what if it's only like a tiny cube
0: well not to get into it too much instead of films but uh, they also tumble dry chicken in enzymes so that they're partially digested before it's cooked so that that so that, that no matter what you do to it you can be a complete idiot as a cook it'd still be tender because it's already been digested so cheap chicken is uh, that's why it's always quite soft Tumble dried indigestive juices. Someone needs to make a film
1: about this. Yeah, uh, superhero shit all the
0: time. Well, more on that later. Uh, so this isn't about uh, <laughs> the foul state of our meat industry. This is about films and we should mention before we start that we are sponsored by Her Film Project who are an organisation that help promote diversity in film so if you have any interest in such things then please go to herfilmproject.com and follow at Her Film Project on Twitter.
1: Is it diversity in subject matter so they could do the meat industry? Uh, Is that a diverse
0: subject? Well you're just saying anything that isn't superheroes is diverse now. Yeah. Okay.
1: So that's become... I, I would say that that's become so normal, it's pretty easy to... Be, everyone's diverse. Sure. If you're not on a superhero film, all Fast and Furious is diverse.
0: Well, they're basically superheroes in cars, aren't they? If you've seen... I mean, I've only seen one Fast and Furious film, but they are doing superhuman things. It's not sort of realistic driving films anymore. So it's basically like uh, the old 80s cartoon Mask... Uh, Fast
1: and furious. Just a little bit after my time. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. Anyway, <coughs> I went to the cinema. What did you see, Marek? I saw my life as a
0: courgette.
1: Right. American audiences and some other audiences would know it as my life as a... Zucchini? Yeah. Where do you stand on that? Uh, <laughs> right in the middle. <laughs> I don't know. The zucchini, I mean, they have other the words. Book. I'm fine with other countries having other words. That's but probably the most... Uh, weird Weird one. Th- th- drastic change in a word from courgette to zucchini zucchini I mean it's just what the Jawas say
0: in Star Wars so I don't know do they (laughs) yeah
1: I I think I like courgette really yeah anyway enough about food (laughs) maybe the word zucchini is more fun for kids so they're more likely to eat them I think they would rather go and see my life as a zucchini as my life as a courgette yeah And I thought this was about a kid who was half half vegetable not in that you know not, not in, 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 in de- a de- not in a demeaning no. insult way he was a, he was a vegetable from the waist down yeah um
0: that's even worse isn't
1: it well no but i thought he oh he's a, but he's got nothing to do his name is corjet oh. so what let me explain what this is it is a stop motion animation which is 66 minutes long is that all yeah Wow! So I went to the cinema thinking, well, will, they'll definitely put some money off this. No, still eight pound fifty with a membership <laughs> card in during the day. It's a disgrace. The prices, they mm. really are. Um, anyway, it's a story of Courgette, who uh, it, oh, it's, the original title is Ma Vie de Courgette. Can you say it better than that? Ma vie de Courgette. Ma vie de Courgette. Uh, my, my French accent's terrible. You need I to mean. have a couple of in-words. What do they call the words you say before you get in? In-words. In-words? <laughs> sure. Yeah, you know the words you do before when you're doing a, a, a dialect? Yeah. You but might say a word like, Bastard! You, you get your bastard! <laughs> if you're going to Yorkshire, you sure. might say that.
0: that's how I start the day in the morning. Just say that,
1: Bastard!
0: Just wake up and go, Bastard! <laughs> Otherwise I'm French all day.
1: What French is do a law. A law they say, isn't it? I don't Anyway, I'm i I'm really going off pieces. It's alright, it's hot, isn't it? You you're uh It's, right. it's hot, it? you're, uh, you're not tirar-based. I I I'm not I'm f- quite fair, so I'm not in you as well, we're yeah. not meant for this.
0: We're really not. We're supposed to be walking around fiords in the Yeah the freezing cold but feeling quite comfortable thanks. <Aires> Shooting pigs with our dicks. <laughs> well with our dicks that's what we call guns
1: in Norway <laughs> Anyway, so what happens is back to Courgette who is a boy living in a house in Switzerland or France in sort of that you know one mm. of those areas and his mum is an alcoholic we don't see his mum and then um, she dies and he has to go and live in an orphanage and that's his story about how he gets on with the other people in the orphanage and how their sort of backstories, but it's not too that sounds quite bleak. Um, Where well, it's a foster home rather than an orphanage, it's quite an odd mix of that. You know, the actual storyline plot line is that mm. quite bleak, and what happens to the kids while they're in there is quite bleak. But this thing is quite sort of kiddish and sort of fun. It's sort of an animation with meaning, ones that adults could enjoy as well. I had that feeling with it, I thought. It's good, You know, I to have this lately where you think everything is all really, really good, but it didn't blow me away. But the stop-motion's amazing. This was nominated for um, uh, an Oscar for the Best Animated Film. I don't know if it could the two strings one or, or not. But it's up there. I mean, the animation is incredible and the characterisation's really, really great. I just thought it was good, a good, enjoyable film. But I think my key point is... Should you be paying full price for a sixty-six minute film? Well, it's sh- no, not really. Uh, I mean, I thought eighty minutes was the feature length minimum sort of thing.
0: Really. I don't know. I don't know who who would regulate that. I mean, what did it feel like watching a sixty odd minute thing? Did it did it feel like it ended prematurely, or was it right for its own? Story? Well, I was
1: actually really. I think it was good. I, I was really pleased to go in and go because I by some miracle i had some lots of, been got busy with work so i thought oh great i can't afford to sit around for 3 hours watching some with trailers for a 4 hour spectacular yeah um mm. and so it was, uh, it, was ple- it was it was pleasing for of six 66 i didn't feel unfulfilled right i just felt that they it should be reflected in, in the price because clearly they can put more films on if it's 66 minutes long they can probably get another slot out of
0: it yeah yeah probably Um, it's yeah although I'm just thinking about other alternatives like like with theatre it can be as long as they damn well please can't Mm. it I mean you can you can pay the same price for something that's four hours long as something that's one hour long it's not you're just you know you're still wearing their seats down aren't you and and spitting on their floor yeah their overheads to clean that up is the same
1: (laughs) What I really loved about this was um the people do, obviously there's been i watched the english dub version right, so they got uh they had um a and who's that bloke ron Eff- efferman what's his name Offerman Oh, Nick, Nick Offerman, Offerman who plays played, Ron Swanson yeah he played the police officer who's in charge he's got of, a great voice for animation and he was brilliant yeah yeah he is and he really added to this sort of slow is he Canadian or not or is he I'm you know, not sure he's got a Canadian feel to him yeah and it he may be that, Alaskan I don't know he had the sort of feel of making it sort of his voice was perfect for the police. And a lot of the time, they get the voiceovers who are, are awful. Just the most famous. Yeah, he's uh, from Illinois, Nick Offman. Oh, okay. So um, Idris Elba, for example, was in in the um, the one about the Zootropolis. He was uh, awful. Yeah. Whereas um, Nick Offman did an absolutely brilliant job and fitted, considering he was he was dubbed. Uh, he was, you know, the second. Yeah. Per- he wasn't an original cast member. Well, he Marry, was a perfect casting. For
0: cast your mind back to yes. uh, in the the days of yore when we played the casting game with a live action Winnie the Pooh film, and I cast Nick Offerman as Eeyore,
1: uh, and you said it was a terrible choice, and you don't know who he is. And I, and look and look back at myself <laughs> and say, "What, an, what an absolute dickhead." <laughs> I can still do that today. Sure, but I can do it knowing that that I was definitely wasn't apolitical. Well, what I think that you must have, you must have. I was furious. Hatred. I mean, I
0: just had to bite my tongue, um, which is why I, I had you to do have with all that face tongue with surgery. Such
1: <laughs> ignorance.
0: Well, I, you just have to move on and just go. well, some people are cunts, and there's nothing you can do.
1: about Whoa, it. <laughs> and, and that is the explicit. Uh, that's why we put it on every episode, the just in case. Explicit tag that comes. Um, out on that one yeah so um, I just I just think it was a, it's a, a, a enjoyable animation it's quite odd when you it, it's animation because you can't really talk about the actors and the voiceovers really yeah. and so the a- animation's great and I enjoyed it it didn't really feel it felt as though it was sat between two things so it wasn't you know like the storyline yeah. was quite gritty but it but sounds it, quite mundane for an animation yeah. I mean does does it sort of break from a, a yeah. reality you could just film no it's with. a real sort of reality sort of, it could be it could be a, you could do this as a film a six six minute film with the cast does that bring something interesting to it or is that just a bit odd I think that the animation I don't they do, they could have used it as a film could have been a mm. film and maybe I think would have been better as a film okay because people with some of the more difficult moments the uh the, the, the human animation can only be so expressive, especially t- stop motion stuff. So it does rely on the the voiceovers being good.
0: Well, but, and uh, you sort of endowing the fact that they just sort of sat there looking, and then they blink. Yeah, That's pretty much all they can do.
1: Yeah, so I think maybe it would have worked better as a film and animation. But I mean, it must have taken them bloody ages.
0: Yeah, yeah, but they got an Oscar nomination. They got. Right got
1: it, nom- I think. give it seven or eight Maricks and I think it's a perfect viewing in about two years time when it comes out for a Sunday evening when you don't want a massive long film and you want something that's quite pleasing but not over I think I'd give it eight because the animation the stop motion is really really great but I didn't feel the story was overly emotional I didn't really learn it may be because it's aimed at kids and it wants to a gentle way to show them the horrors Mm. of humanity okay Well, well yeah. There you go. That's my
0: life as a zucchini or courgette, depending on where you live. Now I think it's time for this. Here is an email from Daniel Davis about lists. And he says, Hello, David, American buddy. Screw your neighbour dog. What is your favourite film in which a musical number breaks out without it being a musical or following the lines of musicians who, let's be honest, would be singing and dancing and all that jazz anyways? Here are a few examples that I love. Ferris Bueller lip-syncing, but hell, I like to think in the, the film it's meant to be his voice because he can do anything on his day off. In Magnolia, the cast all-singing Amy Mann is so melancholy. And obviously the classic tiny dancer scene in Almost Famous is a fantastic moment. I know these are musicians, but they're not on stage, and damn, I just really, really want to have this film on the list. IMDb score 25, Life is Beautiful, did me in. Glaswegian accent, I'm not Scottish, but just thought it would be fun. Too late, it's at the end of the email. Keep watching the films. Um, So that's... Thank you for that, Daniel. Um, Films where people spontaneously break into song. I mean, the ones that spring to mind instantly... uh, there is the moment in Anchorman when everybody does uh, skyrockets in flight that everyone's copied since as, yeah. a, as a sort of comedy bit um,
1: Have you seen 40 year old virgin uh i've seen I think I've seen the whole thing I've seen bits of it. It's a really good
0: one of those films you know yeah. from that era of that whatever they were called. That group of actors who are in everyone's things, you know, in each other's films. Um, Actually, Zatoichi, there's a. uh, Zato what? Zatoichi, which is about a. You never worked for Courgette. That's right. It's about a blind samurai starring uh, uh, Beat Takashi. And. Uh, spoilers, but it's it's got a musical dance number at the end, which is totally unexpected oh, really? because that is not the tone it's had all the way through. Yeah, um, it can be really sort of fun and elevate you into the, you know the end of it, or it can be a bit jarring.
1: But can what, you think of any that? One of my favourite moments, and it's only a little bit of a, is a French film called Heartbreaker, which stars uh, Vanessa Paradis. And uh, it's about uh I really enjoyed this film um it's about this bloke uh who's he's a professional sort of good looking guy, and he's got business to he gets paid to break up people's relationships right and he's hired by this rich bloke to break at the wedding of his daughter i think from Lester Parody or something, and he says he likes this really cheesy song playing on the radio and she doesn't pretend she doesn't like it you know because she doesn't want to, she thinks he's a dick. But she can't contain her loving of the, of the song, so she turns out the car window and just mimes, lip syncs to the song. <laughs> An absolutely brilliant moment, you know. you yeah, the, yeah. a Moment of thinking oh, that was amazing. Just really original, a way of showing someone luck yeah, to someone to yeah. couldn't... And, so I always remember that as my one of my favourite. I don't think it's, it's answering the question, but that's a really nice film to watch. If you're looking for something a bit um, uh, light, uh, uh, heartbreaker is. I really enjoyed that.
0: Mm. Mm. I'm remembering the, 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 ones, the one memorable scene in my best friend's wedding as well which I've not seen since it was first out I can't even vouch for it being any good I can't remember but um, where at the wedding they all break into uh, uh, whatever that song is called forever oh, and ever stay in my heart I love you whatever it's called um, it's the only bit that stuck with me really from that film Yeah, Rupert Everett being the uh, gay best friend
1: I don't know ever watched it all.
0: No. No, it was in that Cameron
1: Diaz era when she was in everything. Until her face stopped moving properly. Is that mm. right? Stroke, well, two pull- strokes. Two oh. strokes. Wow. Here's an email. Oh good. Tom Hatch has written in What's he want? Subject. Jim Carrey, nineteen ninety five, too ridiculous. Dear Fanango friends, but not that asshole dog, not a friend. <laughs> He's everyone's been...
0: favourite character now. Everyone loves a villain. Yeah.
1: I'm writing about Jim Carrey and more broadly, actors have been had amazing hot streaks, it's quite relevant, um, that could never keep going forever. If you take a look at Jim Carrey's filmography, he breaks through in 1994 with Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, follows that with The Mask in Dumb and Dumber in the same year. 1995 sees him in Batman Forever, Ace Ventura 2, Duff, but huge box office films. Then 1996, Cable Guy... Lie Lie 97 Truman Show 98 99 Man on the Moon Things start to ease off after then With me, myself and Irene And then more patchy output But you know that guy couldn't keep a run like that going on forever I know he's not for everyone But that hit rate surely deserves respect Can you think of any other actors that had a run like that That could never, could go, on, could never go on forever I'm sure they are lows. Tom Cruise in the 80s Brings to mind Michael Douglas too That's a good one also, Harrison Ford. Thinking Harrison Ford, but I mean, mind the film Witness. It's a classic that I'd completely forgotten about. <laughs> Sorry. Brilliant. Uh, if one of you two hasn't seen it, I'd it, I'd be a great after the letters section film for the podcast. That's his mistake, not my grammatical mistake. If you've both seen it, that's a good one. Uh, thanks for reading my letter. Um, uh, blah 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 blah, and all for the um, film just recommendations. Cheers, Tom Hatcher. Um, yes, I There's mean Jim Carrey
0: did have an incredible run. I mean, and I, I agree. Me, myself, and Irene's where it starts to waver. Although we should mention in two thousand and four, Eternal Sunshine. I mean, of the that's, Spotless a, that's a brilliant film, and that's I a mean, complete
1: change of cha- direction. Change of um, direction Yeah, film. and
0: arguably his last good film. Um, Kickass two, Anchorman two. I mean. Dumb and Dumber 2 he just starts being in a lot of um
1: I think he was so sequels when someone's so distinct yeah and so refreshing inevitably whether you like him or not he was one off you know doing yeah, that yeah. he sort of where he gets worn out I mean Jack Black is a similar one where sometimes you think oh, I can't
0: can't stomach him these days. Yeah,
1: you remember he's doing this thing. Like, I can't face Jack Black doing that thing. I mean, School of Rock is perfect for Jack Black. Yes. And his eyes he's perfect in yeah, it, yeah.
0: um, isn't he? It's weird, that one, isn't it? Because he, he's found very few other films where he's he quite fits the part. I found him just tedious in um, Tropic Thunder. I, I didn't really enjoy him in King Kong, although you I, I, didn't, Shadow I didn't enjoy Howl, King which Kong. Oh, your Shallow House is Shadow Hell's terrible. Um, but, yeah, um, I'm trying to think of other people who've had a run like that, um, who just come out of nowhere and then, boom. But, no, off the top, my Cameron Diaz, you know, she was just in the mask and then in everything. Jim Carrey, of course, in the mask as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe you could say... Ryan Gosling's in the middle of that now, I would But say. he started he
0: sort of so young. You know, he yeah. started in the, the Mickey Mouse Club or whatever it was called and has been working ever since, you know. Yeah. Just, he suddenly broke it into the big leagues, didn't
1: he? I think it's difficult for comedians because... I mean... I, I, well, Eddie Murphy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Such good output in the early when, days. When it was Beverly Hills Cop trading places... Yeah. And then... Uh, uh, coming to America... And then the Golden child started to go downhill, maybe no. it was quiet and then he came back with both I think some said before came back with Bowfinger.
0: And Dream Girls and then disappeared up, up his own bottom again with
1: But I watched uh Bert Norbert Heels, and Dave. Billy Hill's cop the other day. It's and great, isn't it? I just I mean it's, it's he's flawless, so watchable. Isn't but he's absolutely brilliant yeah. in it.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. Because he seems more, almost more comfortable in his own skin than in Trading Places, in fact. You know, where Trading Places, he's doing his shtick. Whereas in Bedley Hills Coffee, he just seems sort of like a dude.
1: <laughs> just a great film. Yeah,
0: fantastic. Hills. Have you seen Witness, going back to the second a one? A long time. Is that
1: the one with the Amish boy, is it? He, it's uh, um, a boy,
0: an Amish boy witnesses a murder. and And yes. uh, Harrison Ford... Uh, has to protect him because it turns out to be a politically motivated murder and so there's some rather powerful people behind it. Yeah. And uh, he ends up taking him back to the Amish community from in oh, order yes, to protect j-
1: him. I saw about 20 years ago, I've not seen
0: it. I've seen it a few times. It's absolutely brilliant. It's one of those that isn't celebrated uh, as much as other Harrison Ford films.
1: The boy looks exactly like five all the mouse in America well, th- goes I think is it based on his face or something? And I, possibly, because I think the boy grew
0: up to be in other films. Um, yes, it was Lucas Haas. If you look at his face. Who is in look- Mars Attacks, Inception, The Revenant. Um, it's that guy
1: and was he the mouse in Five All Goes West or something because I remember seeing him and getting actually confused between a human being's face <laughs> look him up witness what? And look up Five All yeah, what was the mouse the, what
0: was the year of Five All Goes West
1: was it, was it, how many were those Five All films think, um, American Terrier Five All Goes West I mean I, I, maybe it's my imagination but it definitely looks the same as that mouse
0: well mate I think it might be your imagination
1: no I- they based that mouse on his face <laughs> I mean, shut sure. sure. up, um, Someone find out if that was. If this is true. Okay,
0: Lucas has. Did I say Lucas? Is that right? Um, I actually wrote an essay about Witness. Uh,
1: oh, I wish you'd said Bible Goes West.
0: About Bible Goes Let's note about the murder scene in Witness when I was at school, when we were having to analyse film and do all of this stuff. I don't know what course it was for.
1: Chemistry? probably chemistry uh, on okay. screen on-screen chemistry police, police work pl- mild, mild police work
0: mild police work double mild police work on Wednesday afternoons um, yeah uh, so I analysed every shot I remember and said why this works and why they're doing that and why that happens and did you get an fun. A I did
1: David come to the front of the class thank you what an A thank you now remove your pants and trousers and <laughs> <I> never watch <laughs> 18 films again I'm oh, sorry uh, yeah. I should watch Witness again.
0: It's great. It is really good. Um,
1: have we got any more letters? Yeah, we're want to read no one really No This. I'm going to get this letter. Although we're recording June, we're up to the 25th of May. I'm trying to keep track for um, listeners who get cross. There. It's a lot of. We seem to attract cross people, don't we? Have you well, noticed there's that them? one man? But if people <laughs> who think that we don't read the letters out. What happens is we we ask for letters. We get a burst of letters. Yeah. And then we read those out and then we get none at all yeah so if you could coordinate amongst
0: yourselves you know you at, one of your, at one of your uh, regular meetings that you all have if you, you Van decide Van who's going to write in this week it would make our lives a lot easier this is from Ben Raphael good name nice name uh, subject Netflix Dear David Marrick and dogs, good and bad, regarding your ne- regarding your Netflix episode, I thought I'd write in about my own favourite discovery, Harold and Maud. I'm sure you've mentioned it before, possibly back in the absolute days. I was absolutely blown away by this. Besides fantastic cinematography and a lovely Cat Yusuf Islam Stevens soundtrack... The film has at its heart an intergenerational love story that manages to be sweet, sincere and ultimately believable. Depressed rich kid Harold, hobbies, attending the funerals of strangers and staging elaborate mock suicides to shock his unimpressed mother, finds friendship and ultimately love with Maud, a similarly morbid artist four times his age. Despite the film's darkly comic tone, the central romance romance is neither rushed nor played for cheap, gross-out laughs, allowing the couple's relationship to develop slowly and organically compare this to a more contemporary rom-com such as yes man where jim carrey has a hilarious sexual encounter with a woman 20 years his senior gross before settling down with zoe deschanel an apparently appropriate 18 years his junior <laughs> woo age sexism despite an occasionally overplayed sense of whimsy Harold converting his Jaguar coupe into a hearse, for example, and an ending you can sort of see coming. The film succeeds in being both sweet, subtle, uplifting, and very, very funny. It's hard to imagine many contemporary films, including... Uh, touches such as Maud's Concentration Camp inmate tattoo without comment or explanation. Presumably a prequel of Maud's early life is in the works as we speak. I'd be grateful if you could recommend any other Hal Ashbury films to check out. I watched Being There a couple of years ago and was equally enthralled. Thanks for the podcast. Best of luck with the ongoing Wolfsball season. Yes. And keep watching the films. Ben, have you seen Harold and Maud? Yes. Fantastic film. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant film. I, I thought... And in fact, um, it, it, almost relevant to the stuff we've been talking about because it is, it is mentioned by Cameron Diaz in Something About Mary oh. as uh, the love story for our time. But uh, it's, yeah, it's just got a very, very smart angle on a, on a pretty tried-and-tested formula. The idea, the idea that young people are obs- obsessed with death because they haven't been around long enough to see anything grow because growing things takes longer and mm. it's just like, yeah, spot on, that's lovely uh, but it's a brilliant it's a brilliant story at the heart a of really
1: it a really nice feel to it and be, being there is uh, Peter Sellers' last film before he died that's right where he played a gardener who's a bit who might be Jesus or something I think alright, well I watched a film this week
0: as well, Marek. Oh, what one? Well, I caught up with one uh, because people said it was quite funny. It had become available on streaming services, and uh, I was sitting in. So, I watched the Lego Batman
1: film. The first one is very good. You like the Lego movie? Yeah, that is one superhero well it's really one film that I was pleasantly yes one of the best surprises of a couple of years ago was it yeah it was excellent it was excellent in
0: fact the uh, writer director duo of the Lego movie um, have recently been fired off the Han Solo movie for creative differences so they were they were going to be doing that and now they are not doing that Uh, that that news dropped this morning a young Han Solo movie who's playing him uh, just some douche who
1: doesn't look like... The Hans same... Bloke, what's his name? He played the young Harrison... Uh, Chris young, Pratt? No. no, the young Indiana Jones. What's his name? What, River Phoenix? The no. corpse of River Phoenix? No, the other guy <laughs> who played his sort of son. Oh, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Who played Mutt. Mutt
0: Jones. Yeah. No, it's not him. Anyway, so the Batman... Uh, the Lego Batman movie takes Will Arnett's Batman it from the Lego movie and gives him his own film... Entirely in the Lego universe again. Now, the Lego movie, I thought, had really fun bits. I I wasn't completely sold on it. I loved the final act. You Mm -hmm. know, when it breaks its boundaries and just goes, oh, that's lovely. This is now a really nice kids' film. I really like this. Lego Batman uh, isn't as adventurous, um, although it's got some really fun things. So it's actually, possibly, my favourite version of Batman. As a character, it from any of the films because they never quite
1: make Batman that interesting. I don't how think. How they, ma- I'm sorry to be boring. Do you, do you know how they managed to clear the whole Batman? Because rights? the way they've done it
0: is Lego have licensed a load of intellectual properties um, that they will make an enormous amount of money with because it's Lego and the companies also know that it's not going to encroach upon their own universes because it's also Lego and it's its own tone. So in this film, not only do we have all of the DC superheroes um, with Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Flash, just in cameos, they're not really in it um but we've also got all of the villains including um Bane and the person's doing an impression of Tom Hardy when he's doing that you know. But did DC make money then? Are they Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's yeah. licensed out too. But it's also got Daleks from Doctor Who, it's got King Kong in it, it's got um Sauron from Lord of the Rings. Which is great. She's great. You've got all the best villains and the... Yeah, it's got Voldemort. I mean, this is this is the this is the point is what they do is like they did in the Adam West Batman uh, rest in peace Adam West uh, in 66 I think it was where he suddenly has to face all of the villains at the same time oh yes I well, remember that yeah. well they they do that in the opening credits sequence and so you go well where are they going to go now because that was very busy mm. and, and so the Joker tries to free the biggest villains from all universes and that's the plot of it basically oh great which is why he brings in all of Voldemort what's weird who is, is the evilest villain? villain can you say that the, the evilest villain. is the Joker so he's sort of weird but then his his sort of right hand evil guys are Voldemort and uh, and there's the witch from Wizard of Oz and I hate the fact that Voldemort's now.
1: Well, it's not, for kids. It's not, not It's, so it's, it's baddies. P- yeah. They understand.
0: The director tried. I did a bit of reading, and the director tried to get some baddies from uh 18 rated things I was going to say that Sonny Kruger and Jason Well not so much Warby's. those he wanted um Kathy Bates for a misery
1: <laughs> great
0: <laughs> but they didn't oh. let him put them in they didn't let him put them in what because Stephen King didn't let in no no i think it's because of just i don't know Kathy Bates from really, misery would have been, been great oh. would have been great and and i think that is a slight problem with it is that it's just not quite as fun as it as it could have been i mean but it sounds absolutely brilliant oh it's got your it's state. from for kids it's fantastic it's absolutely fantastic and Will Arnett's Batman is the most I think true to Batman, in that he basically sounds like Donald Trump, in that he's a totally egotistical loner narcissist who thinks he's the best at everything and won't listen to anybody else. And it's very funny. Mm. You know, he's just very funny. And he accidentally, at a party because he's not listening, adopts a small boy. And that's where the the story starts. Um, And so the character stuff with Batman is really, really good. And of course like with the previous lego film there's an enormous amount of sort of incredibly busy action sequences where you you sort of struggle to keep up with what the hell is going on but you know it's it is it's keeping up the quality if if getting a little more conservative with the creativity i'd say it's a good fun movie if you enjoyed uh, the lego movie you will enjoy this
1: how many Davids
0: did you give it? That's tricky because I, I, am not as good as the Lego movie. Then, I, well, I didn't enjoy the Lego movie that much. I found oh, really, it, yeah, I didn't. I enjoyed bits of it, but I found it a bit, um, uh, bit by the numbers. Uh, but not the... you like superhero know, bloody know, movies. But it's about the journey. It's not if if you find yourself thinking about the numbers whilst you're watching it, something's they're not playing it right. They're playing well, it I'm lip my,
1: what? Superhero
0: films? Yeah, because I like the physical uh, choreography of fights. When it's animation, it's meaningless uh, for me.
1: But the b- normal choreography of people fighting is meaningless in these days. What do you mean by that? It's just nonsense in superhero films. In what sense? With someone literally jumping on a bouncing of the back of a swan and a kid doing a flying kick. Well, yeah,
0: I don't like that stuff. It's the ones when it's... Uh, it's that's stuff the small more... dogs, isn't it? That's the asshole dogs next door, I'm afraid. Arsehole dog fans. Um... <laughs> Yeah. So no, it's just it's just all big. I don't like gods uh, flying through the air, punching each other. I like actual fight choreography that you know involves gravity in some way and an actual person doing it. You know. Um, so yeah, I know I know what you're saying. I just there's something in the animation that um, I don't know. All, every beat was hit so sort of. On time and exactly as you'd expect. That the story had nothing particularly to offer, you know. I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it. It It's very watchable, and there's some really good gags in there. Mm. I mean, it is another superhero film. Again, I think that's that is why I enjoyed the end of Lego Movie so much. Is that it? It changes what it's doing. What happened? Well, it breaks out in uh, spoilers, guys. If you've not seen it, but I think everyone saw it when it came out. Um, It breaks out into live action in the final third oh yes where you discover that Will Ferrell has uh, been hiding the Lego from his is it his son or something yeah yeah and so he is the bad guy because he's been gluing the blocks together oh yes of course so you can't play with them Um, and it doesn't have that sort of flair to it it is just a sort of straight uh, film of Lego Batman but his version of the character coming back to this is the best that I've seen them do it it is because Batman is severely mentally ill. And I've never seen any of the actors a- actors playing him sort of embody that particularly well. Yeah, like, he's not addressed. He's not, not men- dressed. What he's doing is no, totally mental. Totally mental. Mm. Like he is a billionaire who could solve all of Gotham's problems by spending his money, but chooses instead to dress as a gimp and go
1: out at night and punch in people. a rubber suit. Yeah. yeah, rather than actually, maybe he's investing in sort of social workers. But the, that where... is a plot point in this film. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it, it uh,
0: Rosario Dawson plays. Um, uh, What's his name? Commissioner Gordon's daughter. And and her thing is like, I've got a four-point plan to uh, clean up this city, which includes education and uh, crime prevention, and blah, blah, blah. Because for all we keep celebrating Batman, he... He never actually catches them and puts them in prison. Like They're, they're always out there. Crime remains exactly the same as when yeah. he started. What a prick Batman is. Yeah, but that's sort of what the story is. And it's quite nice, you know. It's, it actually does something with that story rather than just do three movies and then start over again, okay. you know.
1: How many Davies Should you give it then?
0: I think I'd give it six, six and a half.
1: Okay. Well, that's about it, isn't it, I reckon?
0: Yeah, that's probably it for this week. Um, if you'd like to write in then please do go to filmfandango.com and fill out the form there and we will read out your letter on the programme also we do this for free so if you've enjoyed episodes in the past then we would love it if you donated towards our running costs so go to filmfandango.com click the donate button and anything you think this is worth is that a good way of putting it 17 17 17 pence pence, please (laughs) just give us 17 pence
1: thank you for people who have donated
0: yeah everyone in house thank you very much
1: think about you yeah. <laughs> Keep watching the films.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.